the Irish Times Inside Business podcast in association with EY, building a better working world. Hello and welcome to Inside Business with Kieran Hancock, a podcast from the Irish Times. This week, my guest is Fergal McGrath, the chief executive and co-founder of Dillusk, a non-bank lender that offers mortgages here under the ICS brand. He gives me his view on the likelihood of an interest rate increase this year amid a spike in inflation and the prospects for house prices in 2022. Fergal also explains why the income limits in the Central Bank of Ireland's mortgage rules could be loosened and predicts what Irish banking might look like in a decade's time. I began by asking Fergal to explain his company's offering in the Irish market. So in reality is our business is simple. If you are somebody that's looking to buy a, a home or to buy an investment property or buy to let or possibly looking to even reduce your uh, mortgage rate, we provide this finance uh, at market leading rates. And we are in competition with the with the banks, with the existing banks today. And we believe we do it better and cheaper so the the backstory to to Dilosk, my own background is in in banking international banking portfolio management uh mainly in, internationally and co-founded Dilosk in 2013 with my brother uh, Oren and then other initial backers included a small group of four successful close friends and family members including Ray our chief commercial officer and uh, we came together, we shared the vision and set up the company. So we identified a niche in the market for a non-bank mortgage lender in Ireland, uh, mainly as a result of the, the global financial crisis and the fact that the Irish consumer was underserved by the banks and uh, I suppose that was our foray in, into the market and, and that what the, the whole business model uh, was about. And from a, a standing start in 2014, we have over a billion of mortgages under management today. And why would somebody take a mortgage with Dillusk as opposed to going with a, a brand that they know well, like AIB or, or Bank of Ireland, and they can see the branches, they can walk in and uh, you know, you can almost touch and feel your money if you if you like. Why choose Dillusk over one of the established players? Um, the traditional banking market in Ireland is changing, and we are in competition with the existing banks. But as I said, we believe we do it better and cheaper. And why? Well, we compete on on three main things. One is the rate, which is clearly an important part for for any customer looking for a mortgage. Our rates start at 1.95%, so clearly say that delivers real value and market leading. So we don't offer gimmicks uh, such as cashback and uh, transparent uh, pricing model there. And then uh, we have a, a very lean operating model where we can pass these savings on to customers. So we would have a, a much leaner model than the existing banks. The second point is we compete on service, uh, ICS mortgages. It, we are solely focused on providing uh, mortgages. We have no other distractions, no other products, don't, don't offer d- deposits. And the customer is, at, I suppose, the center of the conversation. So we design our products for customers. And then also, Kieran, that there are more options available now on the IT and the fintech side as well to provide uh, increased efficiency for that customer journey. 
And then the third part would be innovation. And that would be around, you know, features and, and products for customers. So, for example, we have a product for the public sector uh, workers, whether it's the guards, soldiers, you know, nurses. And we also have specific products for the pension and the buy-to-let investors as well. And our market share has been growing over the last year based on those three points. Yeah, what was the market share last year? Circa about 5% uh, last year. So we uh, we witnessed uh, huge growth in uh, 2021. Our owner-occupied business was up about 180% in the year and buy to let was up 75%. So we reckon we're at 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 5%. We have increased our ambition to uh, increase that to uh, 10% within 3 years. So we've we've been more than doubling our business since 2019. Right, okay. Now you talked about rates and you mentioned the 1.95% rate that you have which is on your 3 and 5 year fixed uh, products for with a loan-to-value ratio of uh, 60% or below, but it goes up to 2.7% for uh, a variable for um, 90% uh, or below. And these rates, I mean, these Irish rates are much higher than uh, are being charged on average across the European Union, aren't they? They're still very high, still roughly double um, what's being charged in other countries uh, across the EU. Yeah, I mean... Rates. So I think that the last reported uh, rate ac- across the industry is two point seven percent in Ireland versus one point three um, in the eurozone. Now to ensure we're comparing like with like um, in in uh, in other jurisdictions, there are that the customer pays arrangement fees, pays the broker costs whereby the lender pays that in Ireland. So roughly that's worth about 0.3%. So we're comparing, say, 2.7 to 1.6. So it's still about 1% higher. And why is that? Well, there's a, there, there are a couple, couple of factors. One is about the perceived riskiness of an Irish uh, mortgage. We, like uh, the other lenders and other banks, we raise our funding in the uh, in the international markets and it's always interesting when we're on our roadshows uh, raising capital and we've done five bond deals now raised over 1.3 billion and we get an insight into the questions that foreign investors ask and how they view the market and they're looking at the Irish market versus uh, the other markets but um, there is the perception it's riskier and one big factor is the length of time it takes to repossess a house in the event that it goes bad. So in effect is how protected is it, how secure would an Irish mortgage be? And due to a number of factors, you know, it takes roughly just about less than four years to repossess a house in Ireland versus, let's say, another efficient mortgage market in Netherlands or in Denmark, it takes less than one year. So there's a big difference there. And there's a variety of reasons why that is. And I suppose one would also ask, you know, is it fair that the good consumer, the good borrower 
is, I suppose, subsidizing the, the bad borrower. And you could probably have a whole separate podcast on this whole issue. But but that, to me, is the main reason. Now, it's worth bearing in mind that that gap has been uh, reducing as well over the last few years. And I would say on a wider scale, it's the specialist mortgage lenders like ourselves and the non-bank lenders that have been leading the charge on product innovation and driving down the rates for consumers. And, you know, we look forward to to being at, at the forefront of that. Well, it's interesting you mentioned um, that. Let's talk about interest rates maybe for a moment, because the CSO put out some inflation data there a few moments ago. And um, in December, it was running at an annual rate of 5.5%. Now, that's the kind of inflation we haven't seen in decades. The UK uh, had some inflation numbers out this morning as well. 5.4% is their figure. That's a 30-year high. So, and the expectation, uh, the, the Bank of England um, is expected, you know, pressure on for them to increase rates and we're told that the Fed could have uh, three or four uh, rate rises this year. What's your expectation in terms of uh, the Irish market? Obviously, the ECB governs our interest rate environment. But are you expecting rates to go up in the in the near term? Look, I, I, I don't have a crystal ball and I'm always sort of coy about predicting how how rates are going to move. Um, what I suppose what I will say is, yeah, you know, that the... the inflationary pressures that we are seeing. Um, you know, ECB would argue that it's transitory. Um, I think the market would argue that uh, actually it's not transitory. We are observing an increase in mortgage rates in the UK and the US, albeit small increase. We're not, not seeing that in Ireland yet, but if we were to look at the wholesale market or what's known as the swap, Swap rates, uh, they have been swap rates have been increasing over the last few months, indicating that maybe that there are uh, the uh, you know the inflationary pressures and ECB will will have to move. So I think the question of the question is when ECB move moves rates. All right. I mean, we are at a historic. Sure. Well, you, I mean, you're you're an experienced person in financial markets, and you did have your background was there. Uh, earlier in the podcast and obviously I presume you sit down um, early on in the year probably late the previous year even just to sort of get some sense of where rates are going to go and what you're going to have to do with your own products so give us give us your view of where rates are likely to go this year well <laughs> we're, we're at a we're at a historical low so you know that they uh, I, I don't believe that they're they're going to go lower but the question is at what point that they will go up. But, you know, the, the positive in, in the Irish market is that increased competition is keeping rates from going up now. But, you know, we are seeing the trends of borrowers going longer out in terms of fixed rates as well. So a number of years ago, variable rates were, were quite popular and then going into three-year fixed. And now, for example, the five-year fixed for us is more popular than the three-year fix. So I suppose, you know, the, the customer just wants that greater certainty. Fergal, do you think you'll have to increase your rates this year? I, I, I can't say for definite. We, we want to remain competitive. It's certainly not on our cards right now, but I can't rule it out at all. It's based on many, many factors as well. At EY... 
Our purpose is to build a better working world. As one of Ireland's leading professional services firms, our exceptional people are at the centre of everything we do. We deploy technology at speed and innovation at scale to deliver exceptional solutions for our clients, enabling them to transform and grow. To find out more, visit ey.com. Let's talk about house prices because that's another key factor uh, in your business, isn't it? And again, data from the CSO just this morning on residential property prices showing a 14% increase nationally in the 12 months to November 2021. Prices in Dublin rising by 12.8%. Prices outside Dublin up by 15%. Now that kind of really strong runaway double digit growth isn't sustainable for very long, is it? And it has to have an impact on the ability of people to purchase houses, particularly first-time buyers. So this is a potential crimp on your business, isn't it? Well, it's, I don't think any any lender or any business person likes to see house price inflation of that magnitude. It's quite spectacular seeing those increases when, you know, at the start of the pandemic, the view was that prices could actually fall and with various expectations, maybe 5%, 10%, and that quickly turned. So when you have house price increases that are greater than maybe wage growth inflation, it is a concern. Now, the supply is, as we all know, that's look, that's a key issue that has to be addressed. Demand is very, very strong, supported by the, the bank of mum and dad for the, the first time buyers as well. And the you know strong desire to get on the property ladder, but I do take comfort that you know clearly there's there's a, uh, a disequilibrium there between demand and supply, but the fact that we've got the macro prudential rules from the Central Bank of Ireland that is you know restricting the the amount that we can lend out when you have demand so strong and supply challenged that that would put far, far greater pressure on house prices. And I would say that uh, without the macroprudential rules, house prices would probably would be, you know, 25% higher than they are today. So you're a fan of those rules because a lot of people would like to see the income uh, restraints removed. And the central bank has been running a review process. I mean, a lot of property developers would like to see the income limits go from three and a half times as they currently are to four and a half times to improve the affordability for people in, in terms of what properties they, they're able to buy. And I think four and a half times is the is the limit that's in place in the UK. Yeah, so, you know, there's the, the, the leverage and the affordability, say, so the leverage is governed by the loan to value. So maximum amount, 90% of the value that a first-time buyer can borrow. You know, I think everyone's pretty much in agreement that the loan to value is, is right. And then the affordability, which is loan to income, uh, which is three and a half times borrower's income. One could argue it's it's quite crude. You could argue that you can make some adjustments for if a borrower is on a long, long-term fixed rate, for example, or just what's the level of debt that they have overall. So one, you know, I probably would support some minor tweaks to it, that it's maybe less crude, but I think overall... It is working the macroprudential rules, and again, when we're on our roadshows for the foreign investors looking at Ireland Inc, they do take comfort that the macroprudential rules are working. 
Okay, so broadly speaking, you're in favour of them, but you you think there might be some room for manoeuvre on the on the income thresholds? Yes, yes. And as high as four and a half times? Four and a half could work in some circumstances, but limited circumstances. Now, it's going to be a big year in the Irish banking market. Uh, Ulster Bank and KBC have already well flagged their departures uh, from Ireland for a variety of reasons. And they're going to begin uh, withdrawing services. In fact, I think they've already begun withdrawing some services um, as it stands. So just wondering, um, is that an opportunity for, for Dillusk in terms of filling the gap that's going to be left from Ulster Bank and KBC? And also wondering if there might be um, some positive fallout from that for Dillusk in the sense that the Competition uh, Authority is currently looking at the purchase of Ulster Bank loans, for example, uh, by rival entities and just wondering whether, you know, a permanent TSB and Bank of Ireland as part of those processes might be required to sell um, some of the some of the loans on and whether you might be an interested buyer. Firstly, yes, uh, Ulster Bank, KBC leaving the market, which combined have a quarter of the market or 26% of the market. So it's it's quite significant. And there was some doom and gloom at the time. And, you know, the loss of, of competition there. And I think to be fair, you know, they provided some active competition in particular to the market dominated by AIB and Bank of Ireland. And there were some interesting products and some interesting rates. Once it was announced that they were leaving, we did see an increase in our business. And on the back of that, we revised upwards our ambitions there, which I said earlier, 5% market share to, to double that to 10% on the back of that. So clearly, we do see an opportunity and an opportunity, I think, for, you know, we've got, in effect, three banks in the market and we've three non-banks. And the three non-banks, we started out with a small share of the market and we're building that up gradually. So I think that the three non-banks can clearly fill that void that KBC and Ulster Bank are leaving. So it's quite an interesting time for us. And then in terms of the portfolios that are being sold off, uh, Ulster Bank and KBC, of which the, the, the pillar banks in effect have shown a desire to acquire them. And um, the Competition Authority are, is, is clearly looking at that process now. Uh, we, we've we've always stated publicly that we have an appetite to buy uh, secondary uh, mortgage books as long as they're they're performing they're they're clean in effect and to give us greater scale and very similar to what we did when we acquired the ICS mortgage book from from Bank of Ireland and there's some sim- similarities there because the background behind. The ICS divestment was that because Bank of Ireland had received state aid, the Competition Authority at the European Commission level had required Bank of Ireland to divest that book, which seeded our business and gave us certainly scale. But this is a scale business. And as you acquire uh, more uh, mortgages, you know, there are fixed costs and it can certainly benefit the business. So if there's an opportunity there, uh, we would certainly look at it. Will there ever be a day when Dillusk or ICS has a, a network of branches around the country? Interesting question, Kieran. Um, at the time when we were uh, talking to Bank of Ireland with the ICS acquisition, 
they had offered us four branches um, and we declined that opportunity and just felt that the market was was moving towards a, a branchless model. So it's not not part of our business plan. Uh, a, a lot of this business, it's about keeping the cost down, being innovative and using technology as much as possible in terms of, you know, reducing the cost of originating a mortgage. Uh, you know, I wouldn't rule it out completely in the future, but it's not in our immediate business plan. What impact did COVID have on your business, Fergal? And more importantly, on the ability of your borrowers to to repay their mortgages it was with no doubt it was a it was a shock to the business so at a at, at a business level one was trying to understand look what's what's happening and uh, uh, you know is the team is the team too large for the business uh, volumes just uh, new new business dropped off a cliff for the first few months and then uh, also was trying to understand the magnitude of, say, uh, house price, house prices and uh, possible declines in, in house prices. And we had factored in possibly a decline of up to, to 10%. Um, and then uh, we, we were, I suppose, fortunate where we, we all worked together, banks and non-banks, through the, the BPFI, in terms of uh, and working with the regulator in terms of implementing the the payment breaks which offered uh, uh, good support so that was an interesting experience where everyone was coming together let's say and adopting a, a framework um and uh, so that that clearly worked um roughly our our performance was very very strong uh, compared to the compared to the banks, so I think we had probably the 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 least uh, disruption or the least level of demand for the payment breaks, and uh, probably also a function of the type of customers we have. And then by uh, the end of the summer, September, then um, twenty twenty, then it you know it clearly was emerging that uh, the environment wasn't wasn't as bad and uh, it it re- recovered and those that had requested payment breaks didn't go on to sort of long-term arrears in any way and for what typically what's the level of default on on your loans um we uh, don't disclose that now you know the fact that we we've done five public bond issuance and i mean those those numbers can be uh, um, can be read but it's very very low i would say that the uh, no, number one is we've never repossessed a house to date and uh, the uh, level of arrears is is very very low right Look out 10 years, uh, Fergal, uh, at the banking market. Um, what what will it look like? Because uh, we have a lot of, obviously we have the pillar banks here like AIB and Bank of Ireland and then we have a, a third player in permanent TSB. We have non-bank lenders like yourselves and we have uh, companies like Revolut, uh, N26, etc. Maybe Starling Bank will come into this market. They offer uh, a certain level of digital uh, banking. But if we look out 10 years, what do you think the future uh, of Irish banking will will look like, and who will be the dominant players? 
So the 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 landscape will be very different. Um, uh, at the moment, uh, it's still dominated by the traditional banks, but but the model is changing. Uh, so as as I've said about the emergence of 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 the non banks or specialist lenders, and that that's nothing really new. Really, if we, if we if we kind of if we go back to even before. The 1980s, you know, I mean, why why did our uh, Bank of Ireland buy ICS Building Society? The ICS was a specialist mortgage lender, and the banks really weren't active in the the mortgage space at all. And um, uh, uh, so, what, what, probably what we'll see is more specialization. Uh, we're seeing more um, uh, IT technology come in this space. I would. I would argue that probably on the mortgage side, the technolo- technological advancement probably has been late to the game. It it really started firstly in the, the payment sector, like the Revolut. But now we're seeing a lot of interesting uh, IT uh, solutions, fintech solutions for our space uh, that wasn't around when we set up in 2013. So, for example, like we we rolled out last year um, through partnership of fintech firm, um, uh, a automated uh, mortgage application. It's, so it's 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 making the, the 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 journey easier for the customer. So I can see the specialist mortgage lenders gaining market share, and I think that the uh, the model will be moving more towards the uh, yeah the, the the kind of. Um, branchless type, very much customer focused uh, products and it will be a different landscape that we know uh, today. And, you know, we still haven't seen, I suppose, the international interest. We've been seeing the reverse, but I think that, you know, there will be maybe tweaks to the banking model but I do believe it will be a different landscape in 10 years' time. And what's the long-term play for Dillus? What part will it have uh, to play in, in 10 years' time? And will it still be owned by yourself? Or uh, are you looking to, do you think it'll be sold on, part of a bigger group? Yeah, well, like we're, we're a privately owned uh, mortgage lender today, Irish, Irish-owned, Irish-controlled. Um the certainly there there's no uh, immediate plans to uh, change that um yes you know we've we've had uh, offers uh, since inception nothing new we'll always entertain the uh, um conversation i suppose it doesn't dominate our business thinking our business plan about the ownership the business has been going has been growing very strongly over the last number of years, <laughs> I'm still young. Uh, we're still enjoying it. And, uh, you know, I can n- never rule out anything in terms of becoming p- part of a, a bigger group. But the business is certainly uh, very interesting for us today. All right, Fergal McGrath, Chief Executive and Co-Founder of Dillisk, which owns ICS Mortgages. Thank you for joining Inside Business.
Thank you, Karen. Okay, that's it for this week from Inside Business. My thanks to Fergal McGrath for joining me on the show. The podcast was produced by Jennifer Ryan with JJ Vernon on sound. Thanks also to our sponsor, EY, for its continued support. Remember, you can get the latest business news straight into your inbox by signing up to our Business Today email at irishtimes.com. And you can also follow the Irish Times business feed on Twitter, LinkedIn and Facebook each day. I'm Kieran Hancock. Until next time, take care.